Welcome to Inspiring Business with your host, Mark Bullock, who is the co-founder of Videosocials.net and of VideoInterviewPodcast.com. In every episode, Mark interviews business and organizational thought leaders who share their stories of how they inspire others by making a difference. You can find this show on Videosocials.net and YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and almost any podcast platform of your choosing. Well, hello and welcome. Uh, today, I'm delighted to have uh, a, a guest uh, by Ken Novenstern, and Ken is a client of, of ours with Video Socials, and uh, known him for some time, and just produces some wonderful content. Now, Ken is the founder and partner of Fredman Bacon and Novenstern LLP, where they focus on divorce litigation and collaborative law. Ken is committed to thoughtful resolution. He handles all aspects of divorce, including litigation, collaborative, and is a mediation counsel. Welcome, Ken. It's wonderful to have you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, Mark. And uh, I noticed that some of my video social friends, Angela Duns and Dara Rosenbaum, have been interviewed by you. Uh, we certainly, we certainly have had a number of uh, of our of our members, and it, it's funny because the video social service tends to attract those that are really kind of making a difference in the world, and it's why I essentially launched this podcast, which is, um, you know, my focus, my personal mission is I make a difference for those who make a difference in the world, and so our services and uh, and the thing and the clients that we work with all tend to fall into that category. So I know a lot of people that are trying to do, trying to do good, doing good. Right, so, right. Uh, and and uh, del- delighted to have you on. And, and Ken, what I usually uh, like to start with is kind of, you know, what inspired you? What, 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 what's your story? How did, how did you come about into collaborative, especially in collaborative law and mediation? Um, but, you know, what's your story in five minutes or less? Well, uh, as Ted Knight would say on the Mary Tyler Moore show, it all started at a small law firm in Syracuse, New York, back in about 1984-85. I spent a year or so doing a wide variety of things like criminal um, and workers' compensation and and, um, real estate and personal injury. And then in 1985, I started with the matrimonial partner in the firm, Ed Alderman, who is uh, quite an amazing man, who's probably now in his early 90s. And I became began my career in matrimonial law. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, there were really very few other options to litigation or what I would call the traditional approach, where when a case came in, we would often start trying to work toward a resolution of that case right from the beginning. Um, and even if it went into litigation, we would start uh, consider different aspects in terms of how to get the matter resolved. There was very little mediation at that time. There was nothing called collaborative divorce, although my traditional approach paralleled collaborative divorce to some degree. Um, and now, 37 or 38 years later, um, I've done expanded into collaborative divorce and mediation, and my partner, Ellen Janko-Bacon, um, also does collaborative and mediation. And so in terms of the inspiration, 
Um, it might be more in the nature of you know, the, the practical reality of what was the most significant aspect of my skills when I moved from Syracuse after two years down to White Plains, New York in 1986. And at that point, I learned that potential employers were much more interested in my ability to represent people in a divorce than to handle the real estate closing. Mm-hmm. And from there, you know, I've reached a point now where matrimonial is, you know, almost the exclusive area in which I practice, although I still do a few other types of law, but not nearly to the extent that I did 30 or 35 years ago. Um, inspiration, really, from the people around me, uh, our collaborative divorce group, the New York Association of Collaborative Professionals, mm-hmm. is comprised of people from uh, Westchester County, New York City, Long Island, professionals including attorneys, mental health professionals, uh, financial neutrals, and I started in the collaborative arena and took my earliest trainings in 2004. And I've had the pleasure of meeting colleagues who you know, are just tremendous people, especially our group in Northern Westchester. We've been very fortunate with roughly 20 professionals and we you know, often have cases together, work well together. In addition to the collaborative and mediation, I do a good deal of mediation consulting attorney work where I represent someone who is in the mediation process mm-hmm. and working with a mediator with their spouse um, and need someone to bounce questions off of during the process and to review an agreement once they've reached the terms of their separation agreement. Terrific. And um, as I think you know, we have many, um, for many years, we have many uh, mediators, collaborative attorneys, et cetera, uh, you know, on, on our field. We, we kind of drank the Kool-Aid over the, the whole litigation process. Um, and I, I know that in, in the collaborative divorce process, you know, people are agreeing when they're going into that to not litigate, um, you know, but to actually find resolution to their problem rather than turning everything over to a judge. But, you know, as a divorce attorney and mediator, um, why would you recommend the collaborative divorce process uh, to, to a new client? Thank you. It's a great question, Mark. Um, collaborative divorce really gives the parties the benefit of a process where they control what goes on. They control the professionals involved. They um, decide whether to include a financial neutral or mental health professional. You know, we certainly encourage people to include all of the pr- professionals to facilitate the process, to move the process along most efficiently. Um, in regard to collaborative from an attorney's perspective, collaborative divorce really gives me the opportunity to draw on all of my skills. Um, including the suggestion of options based upon my experience with handling matrimonial cases for, you know, 37, 38 years. Um, and 
it gives me the freedom to say what I think to a greater extent, certainly to a greater extent than in litigation, where I'm representing one side and, you know, we're developing strategies and arguments to support our positions. And, um, and it becomes more contentious generally. You know, although there are times when litigation is necessary because you just can't get things done in another process. Um, but in terms of collaborative, it gives me the freedom of, as an attorney to say more of what I think and make suggestions, recommendations, offer options, um, work with the other attorney, not to overuse the word, but collaboratively. Mm-hmm. As opposed to being in the in an advocacy or an oppositional situation, right? Um, and so it really does give me freedom that I don't have in any other process. Completely get it, and I, you know, the main takeaway for me is kind of what I started with, which which is the couple is in control, and the couple is work, and, and and the couple is making choices that are a best fit for them and their families more so than handing everything over to, you know, two attorneys to battle it out and, and, and then, you know, leave it up to a judge. Right. So, right. so um, um, it's certainly a, a far more, I think, family friendly uh, and, 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 and offers the opportunity for people to look, they're, they're going to, especially if they have kids, they're going to have a relationship for the rest of the, the rest of their kids' lives. Right. So why, why not figure out how to negotiate and, and compromise and, and engage in a way that everybody walks away from the table, you know, whole rather than, you know, I'm going to get, which means I got to take away from them to get what I want. And right, right. fighting for something. And, and Mark, there's another process, uh, which I'd like to mention, which I'm seeing more and more of, and I'm participating in more frequently, which is mediation with attorneys. Yes. And so, you know, I have two matters right now that come to mind. One with uh, an excellent mediator, collaborative attorney, um, and colleague of mine, Melissa Goodstein, Mm -hmm. and another with, again, an excellent mediator and collaborative attorney and colleague, Cunningham. And in those situations, each party has their own mediation consulting attorney, and the mediator is at the center of the process, mm-hmm. and the clients are being supported by their attorneys. And in each of those cases, one of the parties felt much more comfortable having their own attorney, mm-hmm. but they preferred the mediation process. Um, and I can't tell you why they preferred it over collaborative. I think the idea of having that mediator, you know, potentially as a buffer in the room. Um, and so, so it's an interesting process and I think it can work very effectively to move matters forward and to get issues resolved. So that's another, you know, recent development that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very interesting when you consider that when I started back in Syracuse in the mid eighties, um, when mediation started to become more of a part of the matrimonial process, 
you know, litigators like me and other attorneys looked at it with a little bit of uncertainty mm-hmm. and, and mistrust. Um, you know, there has always been a hit on mediation that the more financially sophisticated person will dominate the process and the other person will suffer as a result. But um, it's so interesting to see the evolution of mediation in the matrimonial field from the 1980s to today mm-hmm. and how mediation and collaborative law, which is a mediation-based approach, have really uh, developed so fully over the course of the last, you know, 35, 40 years. Absolutely. And, um, and, and as you said, there's, there's, there's a morphing that's been happening where, where more and more people are coming up with more ways of, uh, of engaging attorneys. So in a way, the mediator and attorney process is a collaborative process. It just doesn't necessarily fit the mold of the collaborate, you know, the official collaborative divorce, which may bring in additional financial professionals and other, and, and, and others. Uh, but at the same token, I think it's an it's it's a wonderful bridge, um, and and something that that I think that is is valuable for everybody to consider um, is that you're, it's no longer a shoehorn where you're either going to do it yourself, which is never recommended, um, or you're going to you know hire attorneys and battle it out, or you know it, you're you're going to use this alternative called mediation. Alternative dispute resolution is called mediation, but the reality is, is it may be some mix of, of different things. Um, the main thing is, uh, you know, basically, from my perspective, is just stay out of court. You know. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and do you mind if I touch on one of the points that you made and just certainly on it a little bit? Certainly. Um, so yeah, you mentioned the idea that collaborative is different. You know, that mediation doesn't fall directly into collaborative collaborative so when i started practicing matrimonial law again we would have the concept of exchanging settlement letters having four-way conferences and working toward a settlement similar to what we do with collaborative divorce Mm -hmm. but collaborative has created a greater framework in terms of you know what that process means, there are parameters. Mm-hmm. Some of those parameters are, you know, distinct from litigation where you go through a discovery process and exchange demands and potentially take depositions, mm-hmm. use subpoenas. In the collaborative process, people are working in good faith to exchange financial information, bringing in a financial neutral who will prepare reports um, outlining the assets, debts of the parties, the finances of the parties in terms of income, um, expenses, and having that financial professional really facilitates the process for, for everyone. And um, But other elements of collaborative, people are acting in good faith with regard to financial information, People are agreeing to um, the notion that once everyone has signed a collaborative participation agreement, mm-hmm. the attorneys are also committed to the process. 
And a party doesn't have to worry that they're going to be sitting across from that attorney in a litigation if the collaborative process is not successful because the attorneys agree to disqualification mm -hmm. in the event that one party decides to withdraw from the process. Right. That disqualification element, um, you know, I think is multifaceted and it's a way of giving each party more confidence in the process and more comfort in the process because, you know, they're saying things at meetings, they're in a way demonstrating a greater vulnerability than in litigation where people, you know, are obviously fairly rigid and right. on how they approach it. Wonderful. And um, before we get into the, the last couple of questions, I did want to uh, mention that, you know, this video is being sponsored by Video Socials. Uh, which you're a member of, Ken, and, and um, essentially uh, we came up with the concept of video socials and the fact that, you know, deciding, okay, I'm going to be on YouTube. We're, we're going to market our practices through 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 YouTube and through our websites using video, et cetera. Where do you start? Um, how do you how do you talk to this inanimate object called a camera? How do you how do you frame up and, and 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 present content in a way that's that's valuable to an audience and can build your brand so um we felt that that was best done in a collaborative environment in which we are um, getting together as a social club as a as a, as a community uh and taking turns uh recording our videos uh where we're not just speaking to an inanimate object we're each other's audience and uh, it's very affordable. It's uh, it's really helps you get it done uh, rather than procrastinating about getting it done, uh, which when you don't have accountability partners, that, uh, that that tends to be the case for all of us busy professionals. But Ken, why are you a member of Video Socials? And, and you have been for some time now. And what are you what are you getting out of it? Yeah. Thank you, Mark. I, I really do want to give some more background in that regard. I started when we were all sort of freaking out back in March, April of 2020. Mm -hmm. and I actually have my old billing book sitting on the floor over here, open to March 23rd, 2020, which is the last time I used the billing book. Um, I do my billing differently now that we've all figured out how to do everything virtually. Mm -hmm. um, and so... I started doing videos. It's, you know, the first one or two or three, it's a little bit of a, a learning curve. And I believe I've done now my 100th video. And it's, uh, it's a bit addictive. Your, your partner, Vic, was very um, helpful in assisting me to develop my own time and I brought in several friends and colleagues to our Wednesday at five um, video socials therapy session. Uh, and, um, and it, you know, I, I think I said to you or Vic at one point that it's not that I've used heroin or crack cocaine, but it's, it's like what I understand heroin or crack cocaine to do. You just, you want to do it. You look forward to that meeting every Wednesday. You look forward to seeing that group of people who are doing the same thing and really trying to hone their skills with respect to doing videos. 
Right. And I can remember my first video. I think I was sitting here with nothing on the wall behind me and, you know, a little skeptical, a little uncertain. And then once I got to my second or third video, it became a challenge every week to put together an outline. And, and I generally do it in the half hour to 45 minutes before the start of the video session. And as you always say, you really just want to focus on getting one or two points across right. and doing it in roughly three minutes. I am, I have the reputation for not being able to do anything in two or three minutes. So my video <laughs> four minutes plus, as Sarah knows, who's helping us with this, this uh, interview. And, you know, but it's just an outline. Sometimes I'll do historical aspects of an element of the law, like common law divorce, which was abolished in New York in 1930, and similar causes of action also abolished in New York in 1930, or the history of women's property rights. Mm -hmm. You know, it's shocking when you do a little bit of research, and it ties into, at least in New York, it ties into the women's movement at Seneca Falls in 1848, and some of the actors, and literally in a state like Michigan, um, women, married women, did not have independent property rights until I believe the 1970s. And so, so it gave me the opportunity and the impetus to do research on issues like that. But I do try and focus on what someone going through a divorce in New York um, is going to be interested in common questions that we get from day to day when someone calls and says, I'm thinking about a divorce and can you tell me about this? So, so video socials has been very effective, very meaningful for search engine optimization, um, for placing my videos on our own firm YouTube channel now, on LinkedIn, doing what I can do. To get the word out there about collaborative divorce, etc. So, in speaking of which, um, so folks, if you have an interest in in, in doing videos for for your practice, um, build your brand, etc., uh, getting some practice and getting some great feedback, and and being in a supportive environment where you're encouraged uh, and supported, and given tips for how you can improve, not critiqued per se. Um, we're there to help each other, not to uh, not to tear each other down. That's for certain. It's videosocials.net, and then just click on the guest tab at the top of the screen. But uh, you know, speaking of which, as far as you have developed a tremendous amount of content, and and your YouTube channel is uh, Fredman Bacon and Novenstern LLP. Uh, it's also the same for Facebook. You're on LinkedIn at uh, Kenneth Dash Novenstern. And fbndivorcelaw.com is your website. All of these folks will be links uh, in the description or in uh, associated with this, whether or not you're watching this on video or whether or not you're uh, listening in on a podcast channel. So um, you've you've created a tremendous amount of content that's uh, very interesting, a lot of historical stuff. Yes, Ken. You asked me that inspiration earlier, and I would be missing an opportunity if I didn't say that um, my wife who does reels for her business um, is very active on social media prior to the pandemic had been encouraging me to do videos 
And because of, you know, what you alluded to in terms of that discomfort that people may initially have with the idea of putting themselves out there, I was hesitant to do my own videos and she pushed and that, that sort of seed that she planted, um, that sprout, sprouted once I got involved with video socials. Mm. She, she put the idea out there in my mind and, um, Sherry encouraged it and I think she, you know, really appreciated the fact that I started the videos and could see, especially because the first year or so of videos were coming from our house, mm-hmm. uh, sitting there trying to make it through the pandemic. Right. And, uh, so, so I have to give Sherry uh, a good deal of credit for getting me onto this screen and doing the hundred videos that I've done. Well, and you had mentioned, uh, you had mentioned Sherry to me as, uh, she has bespoke designs, uh, in Westport, Connecticut as, uh, um, as a potential, uh, guest of our show. So I look forward, look forward to reaching out to Sherry and, and, and hopefully she'll, uh, she'll come on our show and we'll, we'll learn something about her reels and, and, and things like that. So that'd be great. And, uh, her business is home, home good retail, tabletop. Uh, candles are a big part. A lot of online sales of candles, these amazing candles. And her primary business is high-end wedding invitations, um, mm. throughout, really throughout the world. And so I highly recommend her. Wonderful. Well, I certainly look forward to having a conversation with her as well. So we could go on for a really long time, but I did have, you know, I'm, I'm going to collapse two ideas into one question for you so that, so that we can uh, uh, try to try to meet our time today. And that is, on the one hand, what is the most challenging thing about divorce cases for you? And what questions do people most often have? And I know you answer many of those questions on your videos. So, but... Uh, what 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 are what are the most frequently asked questions and 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 what's most challenging when, when dealing? So in regard to most challenging, um, it's really keeping people focused because it's such an emotional area, and you know oftentimes one party has made the decision to proceed with the divorce, the other person um, is dealing with the emotional aspect, the emotional outfall um, of having to process the request for divorce and the emotions and move forward with their lives. And so, you know, it's, it's really challenging sometimes to help people move beyond the emotions and focus them on the issues that they have to deal with in the context of their children and their finances, um, dealing with the stress of that and, you know, somehow having a work-life balance. Um, you know, there are definitely many challenges, uh, but there are also rewards because sometimes, you know, someone who is struggling and you've been able to move them through the process and six months or a year down the road, they get to a conclusion I've had many people who, you know, just really appreciate what they often talk about is my 
calmness, my even-temperedness in going through the process. I need a lot of patience with people, um, which is totally understandable. And so there are the rewards once someone has made it through the process and thanks you for helping them make it through the process. In terms of commonly asked questions, um, one of the, one of the areas that I have seen evolve over the years is the way people interact with their attorneys. Hmm. People have really become much more inquisitive. I get many more questions today than I may have gotten 10 years ago hmm. in terms of process, in terms of really wanting to have a greater understanding and grasp of what <coughs> what the issues are, um, what they need to do to move forward in the case. Commonly asked questions range from, you know, it used to be what's a separation agreement and do I have to wait a year after a separation agreement is signed to get a divorce? Um, you know, to more complicated questions. Uh, one of the cases that I've been working on recently, we're dealing with trust issues as in a document called, or a vehicle called a trust, T-R-S-T. Right. And in one case this week, we're dealing with a trooper, a qualified personal, oh gosh, uh, I'll leave it at trooper, but it deals with transferring the house into a trust mm -hmm. and having beneficiaries of that trust um, and you know, avoiding paying taxes on the gains so that we deal with a lot of situations with retirement assets, mm -hmm. uh, transfers of individual retirement accounts between spouses, qualified domestic relations orders, um, other common questions, grounds for divorce, um, which in New York as of 2010 really narrow down to the no-fault ground of irretrievable breakdown. Um, and separate property issues come up quite frequently um, where someone brought money into the marriage or parents contributed to the purchase of a residence during the marriage. Um, so, as you indicated, I could go, we could go on and on, but one of the things about the divorce matrimonial area is that you really do have to have the ability, number one, to know what you know and know what you don't know, yeah. and then direct people to someone in an area of expertise like preparation of a qualified domestic relations order. You have to have contacts so that you know people out there who do the work well when, you know, you refer a client, um, and, you know, you have to have that basic knowledge with some tax, with some, um, you know, people always say, oh, you must be a, a therapist. You know, you do have to have some degree of ability to empathize with people, to um, be patient, because it's one of the most traumatic things that any adult goes through in their lives. And so it draws on multiple skills. And so it's important for someone when they're looking for an attorney 
to find someone with the background and that multiplicity of skills so that, you know, they, they are getting full and complete information when an issue comes up that's a little bit more complicated. I, I would love to kind of, in summation, um, uh, talk about, you know, two things that, that really um, strike me as, as, as we're having this conversation. And the first is, um, you know, I'm dating us a little bit, but if we look back 40 years, um, it used to be if you went to the doctor, you know, you basically took the doctor's advice and did what the doctor told you. And uh, nowadays, people are far more self-directed. They want to know and understand what's happening, what they can do about it, um, what dietary changes they need to make, et cetera, et cetera. But in the relationship field, it's gotten vastly more complex. Uh, you've, you, you've talked about trusts and, and, and the different ways that you can own properties and investments and retirement accounts and et, et cetera, et cetera. So. Uh, and people are far more wanting to be far more self-directed, want to edu- educate themselves and to know all of the you know, different aspects of uh, if they choose to get divorced or even if they're just trying out a separation. Um, they want to know more and they want and they want to be more self-directed. And I'm delighted to see and I know that you've embraced this, the collaborative process and the mediation process as um not so much, and I hate the word alternative, um, because I really think that collaborative and mediation should be at the forefront rather than jumping to litigation. And, and only my, myself personally would recommend only going down the litigation field if there really isn't another choice that's, vi- that's viable for you, because you're just going to spend an, an astronomical amount of money. You're going to spend an astronomical amount of time. And and, and in the end, you're you're setting yourselves up to be um, at odds for the rest of your life rather than being able to collaboratively work together um, through your separate lives um, uh, moving forward. Ken, it's been a delight to have you. Um, love having you in video socials. Your, uh, every member is a contribution. We all contribute to each other uh, and, and learn from each other. So uh, it's, it, it's a wonderful opportunity to to get to know people like you um, and, and learn from you. Um, so thank you for that. And, and uh, um, I'm really, really glad that you're on today. Well, thank you, Mark. I really appreciate it. I appreciate what you and Vic do and Sarah and the other members of Video Socials. It's really opened me up to an area that three years ago I just was not comfortable with. And I would encourage other people out there um, doing the videos gives you content. Doing the videos, for me, it actually helps in arguments and litigated matters because once you do enough videos, it really helps with your process. In terms, mm. you know, with the video, you're making an argument as to why someone should come to you to um, entrust you with their divorce process. And so it's parallel to making an argument in a litigated case. And so it's really tremendous in many ways. And I am really, you know, I think it's fantastic. And I'm really pleased that I got involved in it. And, you know, I treasure those videos and will continue to make them and, you know, build my library. Um, And I've had many 
potential clients, new clients say to me that they watched my videos and that they really appreciated it because it's hard to get more in-depth information anywhere, even on the internet. And right. so it really is a wonderful vehicle. Well, that, that's absolutely terrific. And, and again, um, thank you so much for, for helping us evolve the, 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 the process and, and, um, and to build the community that's there. Thank you for the difference that you make for your clients, for, for really embracing and, and engaging in means and, and forms of, of, of helping people through the very difficult divorce process um, that uh, is, is going to leave them in a lot better position and shape and, and um, uh, better equipped uh, to move forward with their lives rather than, rather than uh, ending, ending in a process that leaves them completely drained and, 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 and beaten and <laughs> knocked around. Um, thank you, Ken. You have a great one. And, uh, and folks, do please uh, stay tuned and so you learn how to subscribe because uh, Ken is one of many of uh, wonderful people that, that I know that make a difference in the world. And um, we'll be interviewing with the Inspiring Business Podcast. Thank you. You've been listening to Inspiring Business with your host, Mark Bullock. Your positive comments, likes, and most importantly, your sharing of this show with others is greatly appreciated. Don't forget to subscribe to the Inspiring Business Podcast on whatever platform you prefer. You can catch prior episodes on videosocials.net and on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and all the major podcast platforms.